Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. Thanks for joining us in all those different locations. Well, here's a question that people don't think about too often, but it's very important that we think about it. What do you know about Satan the devil? What do you know about Satan the devil? What do I know about Satan the devil? What do we think about when we hear that name and that title? Some people, of course, think he doesn't exist, and others think of maybe jokes or scenes from comedy movies where Satan and the idea of Satan is being made fun of, depicted in a comical way. And other people think of something uh, like horror movies or black magic. Lots of different thoughts. Satan is a mystery to this world. He's a mystery to this world. People don't know who or what he is or what he does or where he came from. But we have to understand the truth about Satan the devil. Now, God is not the author of confusion. You can read that in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33. So when there's all these different conflicting ideas about Satan, those ideas don't come from God. That's a a confusion. And that confusion is something that, again, Satan is behind. God is not the author of confusion. The world is confused about Satan. And Satan wants the world to be confused about him and what he does. There's two foundational passages that we need to look at to really get an understanding of Satan the devil. And the first one is in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, and we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, please get it out and we can look at these passages and note this uh, important truth from your Bible, from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world... Notice there, God is small g, it's not capitalized. This isn't talking about God the Father or Jesus Christ. This is talking about the God of this world that's different. It says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So notice, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. This God of this world that's being described here is Satan the devil. Satan the devil is the God of this world. People worship Satan. Now, they don't realize that. I'm not talking about the fringe group of people that would say they're devil worshipers or something like that. We're talking about major percentages of the population. Worshiping the devil. Society, worshiping the devil. Major religions, worshiping the devil, but not understanding that that's what they're doing. You see, Satan's a master of deception, but he is the god of this world. Even the atheists worship Satan. They can say they don't believe in a god. Well, who wants people to believe that idea? Satan does, and they're following his thinking. The whole world is deceived. Notice Revelation 12 and verse 9. 
This is another foundational passage when it comes to Satan the devil. It says, And the great dragon, now that's talking about Satan again, the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Remember, we read in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 there that the God of this world, also talking about Satan, has blinded the minds of the world, blinded the minds of those that don't believe. And here it says, the devil and Satan deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels or his demons were cast out with him. And so the whole world worships Satan. They were cast out of heaven. They can't go to heaven anymore. They can't go to God's throne room. They're cast out to this earth, and they're confined here. We'll read that in just a moment. But the world, the whole world, worships Satan because they are deceived by him. They don't know they are worshiping Satan. That's the great deception. The correspondence course, this is the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. is a free course at thetrumpet.com. And if you have not signed up for that, I, I highly recommend that you do. This is from the editor-in-chief of that, Mr. Gerald Flurry. It says, if he is the god of this world, Satan, that means society today worships him. If he deceives the whole world, then you have to see that this being has stupendous power. Power that is hard to even describe. The prophet Isaiah says that Satan weakens nations, shakes kingdoms, and makes the earth tremble. And you can read that in Isaiah 14, verses 12 and 16. Satan does all those things. He has that type of power. He's not weak. He's extremely strong. And he uses that strength and that power to deceive. Notice here verse 12 of Revelation 12. It says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Satan has an office as the god of this world, and he, he loves that. He doesn't want to give that up. He doesn't want to be replaced. Christ is qualified to replace him, but... He has not replaced him yet. He will replace him at his second coming, which is shortly ahead of us. And so Satan knows that he has a short time. He doesn't have a lot of time left to be the god of this world. And so he's full of wrath. He's wrathful about that. And it says, look, if you live on this earth, woe. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and even of the sea. Because Satan and his demons are causing many problems on this earth. They've been cast down to this earth, they're confined here, and again, Satan's full of wrath, knowing his time as God of this world is about up. What is the history of the devil? Where did he come from? The correspondence course says, if you go back to the beginning, you'll see that this being was called Lucifer, and he, along with all of the angels, was happy and full of joy. There was no Satan, and there were no demons at that time. Lucifer and all of the angels were there at the creation of the universe. Lucifer means light bringer, and God intended to use him and the angels to bring light to the world and the universe. And so, you know, if you think about this from God's perspective and what God reveals in his word, there was a time when Satan was Lucifer. 
God remembers that time. God remembers Lucifer when he was happy. He used to be happy. And he remembers the way Lucifer was when he was obedient to God's laws. There was a time when there was great joy and there was great happiness and Lucifer brought light because he obeyed God. And God had great plans for Lucifer, great plans for him. And God remembers all of that. He has that history in mind. But of course, Lucifer chose to go a different direction. He chose rebellion against God's law. He chose to compete with God. He chose to try to overthrow God. And he became miserable, and he became unhappy, and he became Satan the devil. The correspondence course says, instead of fulfilling God's purpose for him, Lucifer became Satan the devil. He became our adversary, which is what Satan means. Lucifer means light bringer. Satan is adversary. Satan is the adversary. God calls things what they are. And Satan is an adversary. He's our adversary. He's your adversary. He's God's adversary. It says he is the adversary of God and man. Do you understand him like you should? What a question to ask and to ponder. What an important question. Do you understand him like you should? Do we understand Satan? You know, maybe we agree with God's word and say, oh, okay, you know, it talks about Satan the devil. I believe he exists. But do we understand him as our adversary? Do we understand what he does? We need to. Notice Ezekiel 28. Let's look at a passage over here. Ezekiel 28 and verse 14, getting more history and background on Lucifer, who became Satan, who became the adversary. God here reminding Lucifer of his history and the great opportunities and responsibilities that he had. It says, you are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God, and you walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Iniquity means lawlessness. Lawlessness was found in Lucifer, and that changed him. The rebellion against God's laws and government made him the adversary. And he broadcast that spirit, that thinking, that hostility towards God to this whole earth today. And people are so used to it, and they're so accustomed to it, they don't Notice it. Don't think much about it, but there is that constant broadcast. It's anti-God. It's anti-government. It's anti-obedience to God's laws. You see it everywhere. You just see it all, all over this earth today because, as it says in Revelation 12 and verse 12, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you. He has great wrath. He knows his time is short. The Course says that Lucifer came to earth as a light bringer, but he failed because of lawlessness. See, it's such an important point for us. If we want to have success, we're going to follow God's government and God's laws. If we want to end up in a very terrible condition like Satan is, then lawlessness is the reason for that. Lawlessness causes those problems, breaking God's law, breaking his law leads to the misery and the, the adversarial nature that Satan has now. It says, Satan broke God's law and rejected God's government, and everything went wrong. 
see, there's a history there that's important for us, not just to understand the history of Lucifer and Satan, but to understand what happens. It's a lesson in behavior. If our attitudes and our behaviors are lawless, then we end up like Satan. But if we're obeying God and his government, then there's joy and there's peace and there's happiness and all those things that we want. There's two paths, either obeying God or disobeying God, and Lucifer picked disobeying. As a matter of fact, he's kind of the inventor of it, I guess you could say, because until that time, there was peace and unity and harmony, and he, he had a way that he thought would be better, a way of competition, a way of strife, and it ended up, you know, corrupting him, corrupting him and those, those angels, apparently a third, that uh, were working with him, and they became demons, and they're miserable today, just absolutely miserable. But it's because of the choices that they made. And again, that's the attitude that Satan broadcast to this earth, to the unsuspecting minds on this earth. Acts 3 and verse 21, notice there's going to be, thankfully, a fixing of these problems. Christ is going to put an end to this type of behavior. Acts 3 and verse 21, it says, Whom the heaven must receive, talking about Christ, until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The fact that Christ will restore all things means that at one time there was God's law and government on this earth. Until what? Well, until, of course, Lucifer rebelled, as we're looking at. Satan rejected that law and government, and the earth and its inhabitants have suffered ever since. But those things will be restored. The government of God will be restored to this earth when Christ returns. The correspondence course says we have to see that in order to be successful in any way, we must implement God's law. So now we're in a very um, practical part of this message. If we want to have success in our lives, if you'd like to have success, which I know you do, everyone does, we have to implement God's law. God's law must be implemented for there to be growth and success and happiness and joy in our lives. It says if you break God's law, then you're going to pay a penalty. Because of his lawlessness, Satan is deeply discouraged and depressed. But he has deceived the whole world into disobeying God's law and deceived them into thinking that his lawless way is the path to happiness and joy. And Satan just can't admit that you know, he's, he's uh, done this to himself through his lawlessness. He still says things are unfair. He says God's unfair. He still tries to, tries to make people think that his way is a better way. But look at the results. Look at the results of lawlessness. Is it anything good? You never see anything good that comes from lawlessness. Never. It says he has deceived the whole world into disobeying God's laws and deceived them into thinking that his lawless way is a path to happiness and joy. Actually, it is the path to unhappiness and depression, the path to violence and war. Do you see a lot of that in the world today, it asks? Do you think God is that way? Is God discouraged? No, he is full of joy, full of love and happiness. So, again, we have to ask ourselves, well, which, which one are we? 
Are we full of joy and full of love and happiness? Or are we discouraged and depressed and upset? Which way are we? Which way are we going? We're happy when we keep God's laws and follow his government. That's where the happiness comes from. That's where the joy comes from. But we fight against this adversary, Satan the devil, who constantly broadcasts that, no, his way is the better way. That breaking God's law is the way to live and the way to uh, have happiness and joy. And you can get whatever you want now and you don't have to wait for it. And, you know, all these different impulses, instant gratification, those types of impulses that Satan broadcasts, he, he broadcasts those. And, the, and most people are very much swayed by that. And all of us are if we're not drawing close to God and getting the help we need and getting the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and verse 5 talks about that. Let this mind be in you. We need the mind of Christ in us through the power of God's Spirit if we are to fight against Satan and even recognize where he's working, recognize his influence in our lives and say, wait a minute, why, why do I feel discouraged? Why, do I, why am I uh, not as happy as I should be? What's going on here? And then really look at our law-keeping and look at our attitude towards God's government. See, there's very practical things to look at there. But in most cases, if people are unhappy, they look to blame somebody else for it. Well, I'd be happy if it wasn't for so-and-so. <laughs> I'd be happy if I had this. I'd be happy if I had that other thing over there. That would solve my problems. But none of that solves any problems. Joy and happiness, lasting joy and happiness, that only comes from obeying God's law and following his government. God is not discouraged. He is full of joy, full of love, and full of happiness. And we should be the same. Satan and his history, this is an example of what becomes of a being that breaks God's law. This is, it's, it's a example and that's why it's important for us to understand you know he is an example unfortunately a very negative one this is all of satan's wrath and frustration and depression and anxiety really it's overwhelming this earth today isn't it you see a lot of that you see and again i mean even in the current situation where many people are under some sort of quarantine or lockdown the news headlines show what has spiked is depression, anxiety, suicides, all kinds of things that are just negative. People are up, are getting uh, very much uh, depressed. Why? Well, Satan's broadcasting. He's broadcasting, and he wants people to be feeling that way. It's the way he feels. He feels hopeless, and he broadcasts that feeling to others. We don't want to let Satan's thinking into our minds. We want God's thinking in our minds. And again, remember, God is full of joy, full of love and happiness. Finally here from the uh, correspondence course, it says, we need protection from this great monster. You know, let's not sugarcoat it. Satan is a monster. He's a monster. Look at what he does to people. Oh, he comes as an angel of light, the Bible says, but he's a monster. Look at what he does. It says we need God to give us all the help, all the help we can receive from him. That is the only way we will ever be able to conquer the devil, conquer this evil being called Satan, the devil. We can't conquer him without God's help. We have to draw close to God 
and fight against Satan. And we're going to have more battles ahead, obviously. Because of what? Well, because again, Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Satan's time is short. He knows that. He's full of wrath. And you can see the fruits of that wrath when you look around this earth today. The anger, the hatred, the lying, the deception. It's getting more and more intense. Satan's wrath is growing stronger. And he's a monster. But we don't have to go around afraid. We have to draw closer to God. If we don't have God's help, we're powerless against Satan. We need to draw close to God. Draw close to God daily. It's a very practical thing to do. You know, our prayer life, our study life, fasting and meditation being in there as well. Those things are so vital. Striving to live God's way of life. Getting that help we need from God. That's what we need to conquer Satan. And we're going to have to conquer him. Christ had to and we have to as well. And Christ did it. You can read all about that in Matthew 4. Christ did it by drawing close to his Father. We draw close to God and rely upon God's help and the power of God's Spirit. Resist Satan, he'll flee from us. But we have to make sure we're not taking Satan lightly, that we recognize his influence in this world and also in our lives, and fight against that by drawing closer to God every single day. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.